And now, welcome to Chai with Manju, with your host, Dr. Manju Shad. Welcome to Chai with Manju. We have a very special guest with us today, lovely, talented, beautiful Bharatnatyam dancer, Radhe Jaggi, who will be performing at Sri Lakshmi Temple in Ashland on 27th September, Friday. So let us meet Radhe Jaggi. So welcome. Welcome Thank to Boston. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we are so excited. And I have to tell you, in all my years of doing Chaivit Manju, this is my first father followed by daughter interview. <laughs> <laughs> I interviewed your father in 2013, of course, Guruji. And then, uh, so it's a privilege to interview you today. Now, we have this big show tomorrow. So what can the audience expect from the show perspective first? <laughs> so share um, with them. <laughs> So I'm a Bharatnatyam dancer. I was trained in Kalakshetra. Okay. I joined when I was about 16, okay. which is when I took up Bharatnatyam a little bit uh-huh. more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, so my style is very typical of that style. Okay. But at the same time, my guru is Leela Samson, who has a slightly different uh, approach to okay. the same style of okay. dance. And so uh, hopefully I do justice to <laughs> that sort of training that I've okay. had tomorrow. Now, is there a story or a theme tomorrow? No theme per se. Uh, I think the pieces that I'm performing tomorrow are largely based on Shiva. Okay. Uh, okay. Because I think in terms of dance, in terms uh-huh. of meditation, in terms of okay. spirituality, mm-hmm. he's... If you think of him as a yogi, he is definitely the one who's given us the most incredible Absolutely. opportunity. Absolutely. And uh, so the pieces that I do largely will be in that direction. Okay. okay. Are you performing by yourself? Or I'm the... a solo performer. I'm okay. part of my dance teacher's dance okay. company. Okay. But uh, most of the time I do solo performances. Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> now, I read a very interesting story in some ways, I think your journey started even before you were born. I, <laughs> I read that your parents had gone to the Kalakshetra Center and your mother said that if I ever have a girl, I want her to learn dance here, right? It's true. <laughs> I, um, I grew up learning Bharatanatyam, but uh-huh. in a very uh, not committed, in a very uh-huh. casual way. Uh-huh. Like all children are, you right, don't right. ever take anything seriously uh-huh. and... Um, I had a lot of questions, so if somebody okay. didn't answer my question, I would get upset and I would not dance anymore or I would not do something else. So I switched back and forth. Definitely my education in Bharatnatyam did not start till I went to Kalakshetra, really? at least as far as I, as far uh-huh. as my experience of okay. it went. Uh, but before I was born and maybe before they were married or maybe just after they were okay. married, they visited Kalakshetra mm-hmm. and my mother was taken by these beautiful girls in dance saris and half saris, uh-huh. cycling to college and uh-huh. coming back. And she thought, if I ever have a girl, definitely this is where we should send her. But I did not know any of this um, until the day I graduated from okay. Kalakshetra. Okay. So when we graduate, uh, before uh-huh. we graduate, uh-huh. as part of our examinations, uh-huh. we have to give... Um, uh, we have to give a performance. Okay. So we give it as a class. So my okay. entire class, uh-huh. we danced together and it was part okay. of our examination. Uh-huh. It was only on that day that my father <laughs> told me that they had visited and that my mother had really wanted something <laughs> like this to happen. Um, she wanted to learn dance and she never had the opportunity until after she got married. She went to a few classes, but my father and mother traveled so much right, right. that uh, there was no way she could pursue it. So. Uh-huh. 
I guess here I am completely by accident fulfilling what she wanted. There are no accidents and no coincidences in life, right? <laughs> so, now, which one has been one of your most memorable performances? Uh something that left one the mark. of my earliest mm-hmm. performances, mm-hmm. one of my earliest solo performances. I had graduated from college maybe and maybe mm-hmm. a year or two mm-hmm. years before mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, was in Bhopal, and mm-hmm. I had traveled. to perform there with all of my musicians uh-huh. with live musicians and with my teacher at that mm-hmm. time not leela ka but another uh-huh. teacher uh-huh. and um for the first time i experienced what it was to be completely in control of everything on stage mm-hmm. but at the same time to be so vulnerable because everybody's watching you and uh-huh. every movement of yours is observed mm-hmm. um and that very delicate balance right. between being very much uh-huh. uh, in control but also 100% vulnerable at the same time mm-hmm. um that's something that i'll never forget and i think that's something that we're constantly trying to uh-huh. bring to the stage it's i think vulnerability has a strange power of its own yes definitely it really does because then you're being yourself yes and i think the power to be yourself the strength to and be and i think yourself. the misunderstanding is that vulnerability is weakness no not at all but i think being open and being right. able to express whatever you need to express in that moment is a sign of great strength absolutely and people always recognize the genuine from the fake if you're vulnerable and you're genuine and you're showing it and you're being yourself in what whatever form of life i think that's what is a strikes a chord definitely people. i yeah. find that in medicine too <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk a little bit about this wonderful cause that the fundraiser is about and uh, so this uh, from what i was reading uh, the kaveri river of course provides water to over 84 million people in southern states and 40% of the river has dried up in the last uh, 7 70 years or so So that's where this whole project has come about. So tell us more about the project and how you got involved. So <laughs> when Sadhguru started Rally for Rivers two years uh-huh. ago, um, I was traveling and I couldn't be part of the rally okay. in any way. Okay. Um, so we followed it like everybody else followed uh-huh. it on social media yeah, and right. in the news and uh-huh. things like that. Uh, but Rally for Rivers, the aim was to ensure that government policies. from then onwards were made with an ecological uh, view uh-huh. and to ensure that when we think of our rivers we don't think of them as resources we also make sure that we rejuvenate them in some sense so kaveri calling is one project from mm-hmm. from the umbrella of rally okay. for rivers okay um there's many aspects to this mm-hmm. about 47 to 48000 farmers have committed suicide in the last yes. 12 years and the suicide is not just a death i think mm-hmm. we hear about farmer suicide and we've kind of a little bit become numb to it mm-hmm. but what it takes for a person to reach that point Absolutely. of pain and suffering that he feels the only uh-huh. way out right. is to kill himself Absolutely. is is almost unthinkable you yes. know the the kind of pain that they go yeah. through to get the sheer hopelessness because these are people who have grown crops on their land for Absolutely. many generations so it's Absolutely. not that they don't have the capability right. but the quality of the soil mm-hmm. has reduced so mm-hmm. much right. uh because we've removed all of our tree cover and we have no animals right. on the land land so there is no mm-hmm. uh rejuvenation of the soil in any sense we're not mm-hmm. putting anything back we're right. just taking and taking Absolutely. 
So in Tamil Nadu, about 40% of the land has been considered fallow, which means it's going to be a desert. We've never had a desert in Tamil Nadu. It's the oh most fertile land in South India. Uh, farmers there grow three, four crops in a year. And now they're struggling to grow one crop. Uh, so that's part of it. But also the Kaveri River itself has depleted. And the way to ensure that water seeps into the land and is slowly released into the river is by planting trees. Most of the land along the Kaveri belt is agricultural land. And so the only way to make this a viable option is to ensure that the farmer has economic success when he plants the trees. The amount of money he can make from mm-hmm. planting trees and even, mm-hmm. and it's, it's up to him whether he wants to grow uh, fruits or whether he wants to go grow timber. Um, so we're also working with the governments to change the laws so that it's a little bit more uh, beneficial to them. We have about sev- almost 70,000 farmers who have converted to agroforestry in the Coimbatore area. And the amount of money that they make on a yearly basis is anywhere from 300 to 800% more than they were making before. So it's an economic plan with okay. environmental benefits. Okay. And so some people ask, oh, who will take care of the trees? Mm-hmm. The farmer will take care of it because it is his source of livelihood. And he knows what to do mm-hmm. with, uh, with the land. Mm-hmm. If you put me or somebody else in a piece <laughs> of land and say, grow your own food, we'll be so clueless about right. it. But he but has a different level yeah, but, of knowledge. Right. And they've done it for generations. And they've done it for generations. Absolutely. I liked what uh, Sadhguru said. It's the marriage of economy with ecology, right? I really like that. And the goal is to, I was reading, is to have 2.4 billion trees in 12 years. So the aim is to plant 2.42 crore uh, crore trees, which Uh I think is 2.42 billion trees. Um, Mm -hmm. The aim of that is to ensure that Mm -hmm. all the trees that we plant first, the farmer, of course, will take care of it because it is his livelihood. But also, each tree sequesters a few, uh, mm-hmm. For the few sapiens, thousand. Yeah. Yes, right. no, but but the tree itself it's sequesters a, a few thousand liters of water, of water in okay. each tree. Wow. So it's to ensure that when the monsoon comes, the water mm-hmm. is absorbed by the trees mm-hmm. and it's slowly released throughout the year. Because in India, the only source of water we have is, is the monsoon. Is, yes. We don't have right. glacial right. water right. like Absolutely. they do in other in the right. Western right. countries. Right. Right. So it's to ensure that when the monsoon comes, one, Mm -hmm. it doesn't flood like we now have so many flood issues. It floods and it gets Mm -hmm. pushed away. Mm -hmm. And then within a few months, we have droughts Mm -hmm. because none of the water is retained in the land. So planting those trees Mm -hmm. and making sure that they're taken care of will ensure that. And I think um, on an interesting note, I think when some very famous people join the cause it inevitably brings uh, interest and on the hollywood bollywood level i saw leonardo dicaprio has of course (laughs) been of course thank him for his support (laughs) and then i was watching some videos with Kangana Ranaut and Tamanna and quite a few Bollywood so a lot of the well. a lot of the actors right. and actresses because they have a different kind right. of pull with the audience. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you could be the most incredible business person and you won't have the yes. same following that the actors yes, and actresses that is do. True. But uh, they have taken it up right. in mm-hmm. an incredible way mm-hmm. and they're definitely using uh, their popularity for the cause like this. And uh, uh, we have we have to thank them because they're bringing awareness to it in more ways Absolutely. than than and you or me can do. Yeah, and I think when the intentions are pure, then the universe always steps in. I've <laughs> always seen that. Now, on a very different note, 
Let's talk a little <laughs> bit about yourself. As you said, you're married to a musician. So he's a, your husband is a Sandeep Narayan and he's a classical Sandeep is a Carnatic vocalist. He's originally from yeah. the US. He's that from is LA. So How did you guys meet? Uh, he Sandeep was born and brought up in LA, but he was okay. born into a family that was very interested in music. Okay. So his mother is a music teacher even today in LA. Wow. She runs a large school there. And uh, his brothers also took up music at a very young age. Okay. And his father has always been a lover of music. So by the time oh Sandeep, who's the youngest, uh -huh. came into the family, Music was everywhere. He had no choice but to uh -huh. imbibe it. Okay. And um, and he, I think, as a child, had some talent for it. Mm. So his mother took it up with him. Uh, they moved to India for a year so okay. that he could just learn music. And Me so too. he didn't know. This was when he was 12. <laughs> so he finished, uh, he finished college and everything okay. and he moved to India permanently to pursue Carnatic okay. music That's as a full-time career. Wow. And I think he was one of the first, if not the very first musician to move full-time from the US back mm. to pursue it full-time. Um, I, I didn't meet him at that time. I met him many years later. Okay. By then, he was already in Chennai for a few years. Okay. And he was doing relatively well in his career. And he's doing pretty well now. <laughs> so, where did you meet him? <laughs> I met him in Chennai. Dance okay. and music, we have a very small yes. community. We all know each other. All the dancers know all the musicians. Mm. The musicians know all the dancers. So, it's not... Uh, it's not like we accidentally met and something <laughs> happened. We we had common friends. Okay. We were friends for a while, uh -huh. and um, and I think two years later we were married. So mm -hmm. okay. So <laughs> let me ask you now: in Bharatnatyam, from what little I know, Abhinay is also such a part of it. Yes. And with you being so beautiful, have you ever thought of Bollywood, Tollywood, or any of ambitions like that for yourself? I, I think dance is, dance is already such a huge um, ocean to delve into. Maybe if I get a little bit better at that. Uh, I'm not averse to being okay. in a movie in any way. Okay. But at the same time, uh, that's not where my focus is. Okay. It's, I have nothing against it. Mm. Maybe if the opportunity presents itself, it will happen. But mm. I'm not actively looking uh, to be in a movie or be a star. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I also don't know that being a dancer and being an actor, I think, are very different. Mm. Uh, there are very different requirements of but you. We've had some very famous dancers in Indian movies. Hema yes. Mali, so Mala, at that time very... when movies were being made, even in South Indian, right. uh, in movies like Vajanti Mala and all of them, at that time when dancing was introduced mm -hmm. to movies, mm -hmm. it was the classical dancers right. that were chosen for mm -hmm. these roles. Right. If you look at it now, Bollywood dancing is very different from mm -hmm. classical dance. Yeah. But even then, if you look right. at Mumbai, a lot of the dancing has Lavani roots. Right. So if right. you think back to Apsara Ali and yes. all of that, they had a lot of classical <laughs> right. and traditional right. Yeah. Uh, folk and classical, yeah. I'm sorry. It's, you know, the classical music and dance is always, there'll always be our roots there. Yes. So, uh, I have to say, I, when I was uh, reading about you, I found some very interesting stories <laughs> about your love for saris and I hope our green screen shows <laughs> manages to show this beautiful green sari that you're wearing. So, there is a very nice story about your love for saris, right? And Boston... People love saris a lot. <laughs> so I thought we'll share that story as well. <laughs> you got some of your mom's saris, right? I did. So my uh -huh. mother passed away when I was quite right. young. Uh, but my father kept mm -hmm. some of her, some mm -hmm. of the saris that she really enjoyed mm -hmm. to wear. Uh, kept some of those saris. Uh -huh. So when I was about 16 and I joined Kalakshetra, uh -huh. 
part of the uniform is to wear sarees. Okay. So we wear dance sarees, which are uh-huh, shorter sure. practice sarees when we're dancing. Uh-huh. But the days that we're not dancing, we have to wear sarees. Okay. So, <laughs> so when I joined Kalakshetra, suddenly this, this whole selection of beautiful sarees was given to mm-hmm. me. Um, and I just, I love it. I think it's so comfortable. I don't know why people my age or younger think it's difficult. I think it's just a question of getting used to it because where you're so used to putting on pants and a t-shirt and I'm very comfortable in pants and a t-shirt, you should ask. I mean, anybody who knows me will know. I'll, um, but I I love the feel of the fabric. I love the texture, the hundred thousand different ways in which they weave sarees, the different designs, the different textures, the different materials. And now uh, people are doing really interesting things with linens, with ahimsa silk. So there's so many, there's such a variety to it which I think you don't have so much with Western clothes. (laughs) And nothing more Indian than a sari. (laughs) So uh, for the sheer variety... I think when colors. I was young, that's how I fell in love with it. And now it's just uh, it's just a question of comfort, really. Mm. <laughs> you know, as I'm watching you and listening to you and doing this interview, you remind me so much of your father. <laughs> you have his eyes. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I've interviewed so many people uh, in, in all these years of doing this show. And uh, I met him at a time when I just lost my parents and he was so kind. He just sat the way you're sitting and talked to me for two hours and I've never forgotten his kindness and uh, I'm not surprised that you are taking such a big cause and helping so many people so wish you all the best thank you so much thank Thank you so much for having me